love. It's the way of love live. The variety show committed to bringing you positive stories and life-affirming messages. Combined with enough inspirational music and satirical comedy to make it worth everyone's while. With informative interviews and dynamic guests, we present the best of what our global community has to offer. In a format we lovingly call short attention span theater, we combine vaudevillian styles with futuristic sound effects technology for maximum entertainment value. Together we focus on the most important issues of the day by exploring informed and enlightened approaches wherever we can find them. Using serialized fiction, we bring to life great stories from the past and sci-fi possibilities of the future. Thank you for joining us in our multimedia foray into the positive possibilities of our planet. Hang on, you never know what to expect. Here we go. It's, it's the, the Way, way of, of Love, Live! Welcome to a very special It's a Way of Love Live. It has become very important in this last year in all the electronic ways that we honor the people that have passed. I know that we have honored and we have passed a lot of people this year. You know, It's a Way of Love was never intended to be a way of honoring people that have passed, but it's become in many ways such a thing because this last year during COVID, it's been so important. It's been something we needed. And today, we're honoring somebody very special to myself and I know to a lot of people out there. And that is the trombonist, the stagehand, the artist extraordinaire, Anthony Crawley. A lot of you are listening because we all wanted a way to memorialize Anthony. He left us too young. He's a man younger than me, he was. And such a good friend of mine for so many years, perhaps the best friend that I have had to see leave this world. No man have I shared so much working behind the scenes, behind the curtain and in front of the curtain on stage. He was a shakeshifter. He played right next to me in my band, in Raquel's band, and we're going to be listening to some of that. And what we're listening right now is something that he said he always appreciated, which was the sound of tuning. Of all the music, he said he loved that kind of chaotic sound, and so this is the Crown, Carolina Crown horn line, and they're tuning, and it's going to be the background for today as we bring you the beautiful sound of horns and in remembrance of Anthony Crawley. Now I'm going to give you all a chance to call in because I know there are a lot of people out there. There are a lot of people who are supporting him and supporting that memory. And we're going to return to that. So I'll be giving out the number a little bit later. But right now I'm just going to talk a little bit about him myself and what I remember and give honor in a way that he would appreciate. Now, you know that I like to have something always going on here, and it's a way of love live. It is about an eclectic mix of verbal and musical and sound extravaganzas all coming together. And so I thought there'd be one very particular and important way to honor Anthony in a way that, you know, is, is kind of, it, it, it's kind of radio death. And so how appropriate when someone so special as Anthony Crawley has left us. It's not going to be a full minute, but I'm going to do something that we're not supposed to do on the radio, folks. And, you know, you can take this however you wish. You can do whatever you wish. I can't tell you to do anything, but you might, you can take this moment to say a little prayer or to remember Anthony for all the things that he was in your life. So I'm going to do something we're not supposed to do on the radio, and that is give silence. So here is a brief moment of silence for Anthony Crawley. Okay, that's all he'd want. He was a great believer in show business. You know, in so many ways, Anthony could do everything. 
When I first met him, thanks to Ben Jammin, we just come off of Kids on Broadway doing the opening show at the Capitola Theater. In fact, Ben and I had met, and Dan Kai and I had met working on Godspell, where I was a technical director, and this was way back in the early 90s, many, many years ago. Well, we all converged again at the Capitola Theater, and it was being changed, you know. It was a wonderfully well-loved movie theater for so long, and it was about to go away, but a family known as the Derterosians decided to come in and create a theater out of it, and they brought me in. Ben was always on top of things, Ben Jammin, and so, of course, he came in to do the first show there, and we did his Kids on Broadway uh eclectic version of multiple kids doing multiple musicals all at once. I remember the chess versions in that one particularly, Ben. And we did a great lighting job there. And it was funny because they had been told that it would be impossible, that they just couldn't do lights there. And of course, I came in as TD. And I have been doing all over this county, all over so many places. I've been turning anything in outdoor spaces, whatever, into lighting extravaganzas. I knew how to do it, still can do it. But it was kind of my forte back then. And everyone was like, wow, this is so amazing. How'd you do this? And Ben's like, you know, I really didn't pay him that much money. And they're like, what did you do? And of course, I'm like, well, I got secrets, but do you want me to do it for you? And they're like, okay, well, we're changing this place into a theater. And I go, okay, well, you know, I don't have a lot of time. And, but, you know, and if you got anybody that can help out, I'll do it. And, and so they said, well, okay, um, well, we got this one guy and we don't know if he's going to be any good for you. He used to work in here for, for years at the theater and, and he's kind of, you know, kind of eager and they introduced me to Anthony Crawley. Now, Anthony Crawley was the heart of the Capitola Theater. I didn't know it at the time, but he was the guy who did everything from cleaning up the popcorn spills to fixing the projector to making sure the power stayed on and the lights were working and the place didn't burn down and just about everything. Well, except for actually running the projector. That was another person's business. But he did it all, and I found out later that he could still do it all. And we proceeded to do over a dozen shows in a row there. And we created art like you wouldn't believe. We took a sow's ear and made silk purses for every single opera that went in there. We premiered it with the La Boheme, where we created an amazing fire effect out of this old, this old, we found an old fireplace and we rebuilt it and that was what we did Anthony and I would spend hours and I'll tell you we did so many shows there we also did uh, film festivals we did uh, benefits for the ocean we did benefits for Indian Canyon we did benefits just we we had uh, uh, Blaine and Family Soul come there we just did it all and it was really something spectacular and they didn't understand that, of course, I was working all day in the stage and film union, and I'd have Anthony working all day, and then we'd come together and we'd work all night. And then sometimes we'd just play music, and, and Anthony could play anything, you know. He played the hammer dulcimer, he played trumpets, he played, uh, he'd create instruments to play. But more than anything else, he played the trombone. And when I would hear him play the trombone and, and we would take breaks every once in a while late at night between rewiring the place, putting up lighting positions, putting in new footlights, putting in chandeliers. Those were a great, a great accomplishment for D. Fleetermouse, which I have to say, nobody believed it. But we took two old bicycles, a, a 10 speed where we took the big uh, t uh, frames and then we took a, a smaller dirt bike where we took the smaller frames. We put these together. We painted them gold. We put we took old gems, all rhinestones, all kinds of beads from uh, old costumes. And we made two of the glorious, most glorious chandeliers you had ever seen. And, and we worked so much magic for each of these shows that as we were leaving, the, the director, you know, they finally said, you know, well, we think, you know, Anthony, this, this other guy, Mark, he's kind of take advantage of you. We'll just pay you more and have you do it all. And he's like, I can't do it. He tried to do a couple shows. And so they said, well, you know, we can't do it anymore for less. They didn't realize I worked through the night every night there, right? So they said, okay, we're going to bring in somebody else to start doing it. We're like, fine, we've been, we've done plenty of shows here, and there's many stories of what happened there. And I said, Anthony, come work with me over at the union. And he came over and became a member over there. Well, it took five people 
to replace us. And I'm not, they didn't even last very long. And then, of course, that place just couldn't sustain itself. The magic was gone when Anthony left. And it was bulldozed, and it's now a parking lot. And that's another story. But that's how it all started for me and Anthony. And I'm going to tell you some more stories, and I'm going to open the phone to your stories. But that was the beginning for me when I realized that this man was a true Hephaestus. He was a little bit rough. He was a little bit gruff. But, man, he could take pieces of coal in his hand and crush them and make diamonds. And he would do it. He had a poet's heart, a musician's soul. And he made all kinds of happen things happen for all kinds of productions out there. So, Anthony, this hour is for you. God bless you. I know you're playing in an amazing band up there now and doing all the levels of art that you always love to do, folk. He, he didn't just do the tech. He didn't just play music. He sang in Deflator Mouse. He learned German opera so that he could be one of the main performers. This is the kind of thing that he did. I'm convinced he really could do anything that he set a mind to it. And I'll tell you some more stories about what he was able to do. But right now, we're going to go to one of those songs. I knew uh, uh, this guy, this trombone, I got to have him. And, and so, you know, he always kind of was a little bit gruff with people because he wanted them to wake up. He wanted them to see the possibilities and know that life could be so much and that they could do anything. And so one of the songs that we did together at the very beginning was Wake Up. This is the Shakeshifters featuring Anthony Crawley on trombone with Wake Up.
Yes, that was Anthony Crawley on trombones with the Shakeshifters. That's us, folks. And you know, when you hear that opening at the beginning, that's the Shakeshifters, too. And I have to say, the Shakeshifters aren't going to be the same anymore. Our sound, it's never going to be the same. I don't know what to do about that yet. I can't put another trombone in there. It's not going to happen. He knew it. He did it. I'm, all I'm ever going to think is that he doesn't sound like Anthony. I cannot have another trombone anymore. The sound's not going to be the same. So we'll figure that out. And, you know, the work site of almost every show in Silicon Valley isn't going to be the same anymore, folks. I know a lot of people got kind of, you know, crazy because Anthony liked to talk a lot, okay? He talked about everything. He was, you know... He's one of those men, and I know a lot of these men who are a lot smarter than they ever got credit for, and they're a lot more educated than they ever got credit for, a lot more intelligent than anybody would ever recognize because they didn't play the games. They didn't put up artificial fronts to prove to people how smart they were, okay? But I'll tell you how smart he was, okay? So one of these things, I, I'm, I, I'd be often ahead, right? I'd be uh, one of the leads, and I'd and he'd be one of my crew members. Often it was in the video department. And we'd produ be producing, you know, Apple Worldwide Developers Conference or Facebook F8 or goodness knows. You all know the shows, right? And one of the things we always say, I always say, you know, people are like, well, keep conversations to a minimum. And I'm like, you know what? It's okay, but try to work and talk at the same time because i'm sorry but you can kind of tell the less intelligent guys when they they have a point to say they've got to stop what they're doing throw their hands up in the air and be like well you know i think that existentialism was really an escape from the industrial realities that were becoming apparent in the early 20th century and you're like okay that's great i love that idea but keep your hands moving while you say it okay Anthony was one of the few guys that could always keep his hands moving. And I loved it. I'm like, come on, Anthony, come here, do this with me. Because you know what? We could be putting up a huge video wall for Facebook or, or any of the other giant shows we do. And we'd be able to talk the whole time, have these great conversations and be building these incredible creations. And we always did that. He could always talk and work at the same time. And I'll tell you what, he, he could w work better than most because he had three hands. And he always used to say this. And he'd say, yeah, you know what? I, I, I kind of starting to like my belly because I'm, I'm realizing that this is kind of a third hand. You know, if you got something and you're carrying this big uh, LED panel and it starts to get out of control, I can just use my belly and help me as a third hand. And I'm like, okay, Anthony, I'll take your three hands any day because he could he could really work like just a a, a a crazy 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 man and you know he had a home that he inherited from his mom and it was an amazing home and he was building it into a castle and so I'm going to open it up shortly here to calls from other people but I wanted to play this one because you know when it's empty I have to say, what good is a castle? And we are trying to answer that question. What good is a castle when the king is gone, right? Well, Anthony loved trombones, so I'm going to be playing a lot of trombones. And so here is Joe Batan on trombone for what good is a castle. And we'll be taking calls after that. Here on KBCZ 90.1 FM, Boulder Creek Community Radio. It's the Way of Love Live. This is MC Hager with a tribute for Anthony Crawley. What good is this castle when we're not in it anymore? I don't know.
Okay, you know what I'm going to do, and Anthony would approve, because there was something going on technically with that one. And so, you know what, he was a sound technician. He'd say, Mark, just pull that off. I tried to master all these, and, and something was going on, making that buzzy. So we know, okay, we get it. What good is a castle? We'll figure that out. We don't know what's good as a castle, but if you don't keep running it, it's no good. And so I'll tell you, I got one other thing here for Anthony then, because we realize that a castle is no good. A sound clip is no good as it's buzzing. As, my, as Anthony knows, a microphone is no good if he's blowing it out. So he'd stop the show right there. He wants it to be just right. So for you, Anthony, I'm not going to let anything go out if it's not all right. Okay? But, you know, there's something else I got to tell you. <laughs> He would help so many people. They didn't realize just how many people he would help. And in fact, there's a little story that I can tell that he helped all the women of this county. He did something which he wanted me to never tell while he was alive. And so I can tell it now. And that is there was a few whiles, times, a uh, few years back when there was a, a series of rapes going on in the county. And this is pretty heavy, folks. I'm sure none of you have heard this because he said I was the only one who knew. And, of course, a lady that he worked with, too. He had a lady who was he was helping out. He was living with him. Nobody seemed to be catching this rapist, right? But he had kind of an idea. He'd been seeing things happening, talked to some of the ladies who been victims and so he decided to go out there and he had a lady with him and she dressed the part and went out at night and he stayed about 25 yards away and they went downtown Santa Cruz and sure enough she got attacked well while she was being attacked Anthony came in in full body armor and beat this guy beat the snot out of him and he held him down and he said if you rape another woman I'm going to find you and I'm going to kill you and guess what the rape stopped it's a little story only I know about Anthony God bless your heart he's helped so many people out okay and so what happens I'll tell you what happens I want you all to go out and do something to make a difference I want you to go out and do something to help a brother because on trombones we got one more question to ask and this is Alan Toussaint and Elvis Costello who's gonna help a brother get further when the helper's gone I'll tell you who is you are so this is who's gonna help a brother get further
going to help a brother get further? Who's going to help our brothers? You know, I have to say, sad, sad times are continuing. I just got word, another brother of ours, another union brother, Jake Hurd, just passed. And so I'm going to do it again. I'm going to create, I'm going to do a radio sin. But this is an honoring of these people because these were sound guys. These were technicians. This is for Jake Hurd. Another moment of silence. Everybody, you don't have to, but you could say a prayer or just a simple silent thought for Jake. I know I'm not supposed to do that. I apologize to our program director here, Tina, but you know, these people were very special to our community. You're going to be seeing that we're having a spike of listeners and it's all because we're honoring these very special people who are our brothers and who's going to help our brothers. Well, it's only going to be us. Okay. All of us out there, it's got to be us because I'm going to play this next song for Jake because he was so young, man. I remember when he came in and he was 15 years old and he was working with us. And I took him under my wing and, and his dad, Steve, you know how much I love you. This is for Jake, this next song, because it has trombone in it. So it's also for Anthony, but it's one of Jake's favorite bands and it's Pink Floyd. But it's what we're all doing, man. When, when somebody so young passes, you know, it's, it's all just a flash. We're all just biding our time. And so this is Biding My Time by Pink Floyd. It's for Jake. God bless you, brother.
that is Pink Floyd and we're just all biding our time and that one's for you Jake I can't believe it a big hole so young Jake and his family the herds God bless you okay and I'm gonna open the phones now if anybody wants to call in here's the number all right it's 831-703-4420 if you want to call in and say something about Anthony and or Jake this is your time you know when somebody young dies it's like drinking but you're drinking dirty water it's just not right it doesn't taste right something's not right and so while I'm answering these calls, I'm going to play Dirty Water by Trombone Shorty. still keeping the phone lines open but i can understand if people don't call i'm feeling i don't even know if i could take calls i'm i've never been so emotional folks i'm sorry okay this next one excuse me this next one is for anthony's dad because 
It's got to be hard to have your son die before you. So this is a sweet number about a trombone player and a dad by Ryan Rowe. It's a comic piece, but it's very touching. And so this is for Mr. Crotley, trombone and dad. Thank you, guys. So uh, when I was in fourth grade, that was when we as students were allowed to start taking music lessons in school. Uh, and we could all pick an instrument, and then we'd start taking lessons. I chose to play the trombone for two reasons. The first one was that uh, I knew this girl named Jessica who was going to play the saxophone, and I heard that the saxophone players and the trombone players took lessons together. And the reason I didn't play the saxophone, like her, is because the buttons scared me. <laughs> so the second reason I chose to play trombone was because my dad was a phenomenal trombone player. He played for many years uh, as a trombonist in the Marine Corps band. He traveled all over the country playing uh, in all these different cities. He was based in New Orleans, and he got to play in a bunch of clubs there. And he also played at the Super Bowl a few times. So he's, he's very, very good at trombone. So I thought, if I decide to play the trombone, he can kind of help me out a little bit. So I start taking lessons, and there's only two trombone players in the whole school. There's me and a fifth grader named Gina. And after a few months of taking lessons, I'm terrible at the trombone. And trombone, it's a really hard instrument, especially for a fourth grader, because you have these little fourth grade arms, and you can't reach long enough to hit a C note, you know? But the good thing was that Gina was also terrible. So we were terrible together, and that's what mattered. That, that's what <laughs> felt good to me. Until two weeks before our first winter concert, Gina decides to quit. Yeah, she just up and leaves me as now the only trombone player in the whole school. And again, I'm awful at it. And our our band teacher, Mrs. Pettigrew, is worried. So a week before our concert, they have a parent-teacher conference, and my dad comes in, and, she, and he meets Mrs. Pettigrew, and he mentions that he played the trombone. And she goes, wait, would you like to play in our winter concert <laughs> with the fourth graders? And he's hesitant, but he's like, ah, no, this is their thing. I don't want to take anything away from them. And she goes, please, will you play in our concert with us? So he reluctantly accepts. And I'm, you know, I'm a fourth grader. I'm embarrassed by this. You know, I don't want to be sitting in the front row with Jessica on my right and an adult man on my left. <laughs> And I'm, I'm just, I'm really nervous about this because I know I'm going to be terrible and he's going to be great and it's just, it's going to be a whole thing. So the concert comes around and we start playing the first song and my dad and I are sitting in the front row and we're immediately playing a game where we're competing to see who can play the quietest. I'm playing quiet because I don't want people to hear the noises coming out of my trombone. And my dad is playing quiet because he doesn't want to upstage a bunch of nine-year-olds. We're both playing very, very quietly, so much so that Mrs. Pettigrew, while she's conducting, is going, get louder now, to us in the front row. The second and third song, they go a little bit better. I'm getting a little more comfortable. I'm not as nervous. Um, and then the fourth song we play, the last song we play, is What a Wonderful World by Louis Armstrong. And you guys know, it's such a, a slow and beautiful song. And it's not that hard to play on a trombone for a fourth grader. And it was, I, I was really happy in that moment. It was, a, it was so much fun for me to just sit there and be present, and as I'm playing, I'm just listening to my dad playing, and he's so good at it. Every note, he's hitting perfectly, and it's so smooth, and it's such, just a, a slow, beautiful song to end on. And in that moment, I was really happy to be playing next to my dad. All of the embarrassment that I had, all the nervousness that I had just melted away in seconds. And I was, I was really, truly happy in that moment. And he ended up playing 
in every concert we did for the next five years. We had a total of zero new trombone players every year for five years. I was the only person and my dad got to sit next to me at every concert and it was awesome. I loved it. Every time I was never embarrassed about it. I always looked forward to it. It was a really, really special moment for us each time. So much so that when I eventually got to high school, uh, there were some upperclassmen that were playing trombone, so I was no longer the only one, and my dad didn't need to play with us anymore. So I only ended up playing one more semester before I decided to quit, because it just it didn't feel as fun anymore. You know, something felt missing. And I, I yeah, I just, I really, I didn't want to go forward doing it, not being able to play with him anymore. Fast forward to now a few months ago, I was uh, taking a road trip through the South and I spent a whole day in New Orleans and it was really special. New Orleans is such a cool city. I highly recommend visiting it. Um, and it was really special to me because I spent a whole day there just walking around and looking at all the buildings and thinking this is where my dad lived when he was my age, you know? And the last thing I did in New Orleans was I visited a place called Preservation Hall. It's this uh, small, old, hole-in-the-wall um, club where these old guys play Dixieland jazz, and they're the most phenomenal musicians you'll hear in New Orleans. Um, the trombone player was especially great, and they played all these songs, and we're all having a great time. And then right before they end the concert, a guy from the back of the room comes up, and hands uh, the lead man a $5 bill and asks him to play Louis Armstrong's What a Wonderful World. And so they play this song, and it's slow, and it's beautiful, and I'm sitting right in front of the trombone player, and he's hitting every note perfectly, and it's so smooth, and I'm overwhelmed with emotion. I start crying halfway through the song because in that moment, I was transported back into being fourth grade Ryan, where I was so thankful to have had those moments where I got to play with my dad. And when I got back home, I immediately went to our attic, and I found that we had kept my trombone this whole time. And so I opened up the case, and I smelled the brass again for the first time in years. It's such a sweet smell. And I put the bell and the slide together, and you can hear just all the familiar sounds and I start playing, and immediately I'm reminded of how terrible I was. <laughs> but now I don't care anymore, because I'm no longer listening to myself. I'm just listening to the memory of playing with my dad. So thank you guys. It is a wonderful world, let me tell you. And there's so many versions of that song, I'm not going to play them for you, but we can go back and hear them in our head and remember what a wonderful world it is because of so much of the music that comes our way. And you know, when it comes to what music is good and what life is good and what friendships are good, it's, it's really kind of just finders keepers. You know, whatever you can find, whatever glorious, beautiful, wonderful love and kinship you could find just keep it okay and so once again in honor of anthony crowley and jake hurd this is finders keepers by the chairman of the board
Listen to those songs. It reminds me. It, it just makes me think. No one was quite as good as Anthony. The trombone is a very difficult instrument, which he used to tell me all the time. And he had something. He was, he was on it. And so we're going to close with Anthony. And this is the Shake Shifters again. And and this is a reminder, all of you. Thank you for joining us on It's a Way of Love Live. You know, all of life is a sweet creation. Anybody who works on the stage, whether performing or as a technician, they're creating sweet creations. And Anthony helped us create sweet creations at the Shakeshifters all the time. We're going to miss you, brother. And so this is Sweet Creation by the Shakeshifters. This is MC Hager signing out. We'll be back next week with It's a Way of Love Live, always bringing really heartfelt stuff to you folks. And this is Sweet Creation from our house band, Minus One, Anthony Crawley. It was very special to our heart, and it kind of says a lot of things. All my originals, all of our originals, you find out speak on many levels. So see how many levels you can find in this song. It's called Sweet Creation.
can see I'm still here. I'm breaking another rule. Sorry, Tina, but this is too much important for Anthony and for Jake. And so we have a caller online. So we're going to take that caller. Eddie, are you there? Yes, sir. What's up, MC? Eager. So what do you have to say, my brother Eddie Zepeda, about our two good brothers, Anthony and Jake? Hey, you know, I just, I've just just been listening, man. Uh, you know, it's just, this year has been a crazy year, you know, losing a lot of loved ones, families, different people that I personally know, friends of friends. And, uh, you know, when I think of Anthony and Jake, I mean, uh, the memories I have of them, just working together with them, I mean, we're just two of the most loyal guys that were hardworking um, and always, like you said, carried a conversation you know, while still doing the job. And, uh, and I know that, um, some would consider, okay, they're kind of brash or, you know, (laughs) rough on the edges and, and like, what's he talking about? But, you know, honestly, with those two guys, there was times where we had some really deep conversations, you know, Mm -hmm. about life and faith and, and different stuff, man. So, you know, they're definitely going to be missed, but, um, you know, I just wanted to just throw a little shout out, give a, a little tribute to them, you know, because I know that, like you mentioned earlier, I mean, this this life goes by real quick, and before you know it, you know, it's we're we're here today and gone tomorrow. But there, there's a scripture that that came to mind, Second Corinthians five eight, that says we're all the apostles writing, and he declares, you know, to be absent from the body, to be present in the presence of the Lord. You know what I mean? And and I know that. At the end of the day, man, if anything I've been learning throughout this year is like, appreciate the time you have with our, with your loved ones and, and families. Um, you know, we're definitely going to miss them once we ever get back to work. But, um, you know, I mean, it's appreciate the times that you have and, and keep, I guess, what's essential in perspective because, you know, this, this life is short and, uh, you know, but, but there's a, something greater to live for, you know, in, in the eternity of things. But while we're here, you know, we support each other, encourage each other, we help each other. And uh, those two guys, I mean, be it that I didn't grow up with them, or but just the experience I had working with them, I mean, they, if, if anything comes to me, they were loyal and hardworking and just true, true to the cause to make things happen. And um, well, thanks for sharing the stories that you did as well, man. Now they're going to be missed, but and thanks for letting me just share opportunity here with you as well and everybody. Amen. God bless everybody. Keep the faith. Going to get through this. That's right. Thank you, Eddie. And that is about as wonderful as I didn't put it that anyone could. So thank you, brother, father, and son. All together now, we give thanks. Amen. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. This has been an extra special. It's a way of love live, and we're going to keep doing our thing. And so... We'll be back soon, but here we go, on to the rest of our lives.